Phantoms and ghostly spirits still seem to inhabit the decaying cells within Bodmin Jail, adding to an anguished and foreboding silence. A silence that still emanates every ounce of pain and lost hope of its long-forgotten inmates. With its dark, claustrophobic walls bearing witness to the desperation and terror of the convicts incarcerated here, the satanic darkness of Bodman's great dungeon's lifeless heart creeps all about you like a choking mirror of misery. Would you dare to enter? Hi, I'm Renata. And I'm Anne, and we welcome you to this week's episode of True Hauntings. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow, forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. Eerie it may be, awe-inspiring it certainly is, but one thing is utterly undeniable. You can sense real spirits here. You are certain that you can hear the shuffling, pain-ridden bodies still searching for help at every turn, deep in the bowels and lightless corridors of Bodman Jail. Reach out into that darkness and you can almost touch the will of the hands of a hundred desperate, hopeless men. Their spirits trapped in time between the prison workrooms and the disparate cells. Not a sensation, and much more than a feeling, it seems a foreboding reality. One that is rather felt than seen here, and never more so than deep within the older cells of the jail. Built for revenge against the wrongdoers in King George's time over 200 years before. Serious-minded visitors to Bodmin Jail from all around the globe, not just the hedonistic ghost hunters who come here, are driven here by a deeper, more unknown and unseen will. This will be present with indescribable feelings of deja vu, an almost uncontrollable feeling of certainty that they have been here before. One of the spirits who seem to be trapped at Bodmin Jail is a mother who murdered her youngest son, Harry, in 1878. Her name is Selina Wadge and she is restless. When Selina was arrested, she told the constable she had murdered her son to please her lover, James Westwood. He had promised to marry her if the boy was out of the way. 
And of course, James denied these claims, saying he had nothing at all against the deformed boy. During the trial, the jury did find Selena guilty and pleaded leniency on the grounds that she had been a good mother to her other children and they felt it wasn't premeditated. However, Mr Justice Denman had other ideas and sentenced her to death. Thursday, 15th of August, 1878. A sobbing Selina was led from the condemned cell of Bodmin Jail, clutching a white handkerchief in her hand. Mounting the scaffold, she uttered her last words, Lord, deliver me from this miserable world. And at precisely 8am, the executioner pulled the lever of the trapdoor, sending her plummeting to her death. Her body, still clutching the white handkerchief, was left dangling for an hour before being cut down and buried within the prison grounds. Her ghost, though, still wanders the prison, where she tries to reach out to small children who often inquire about the crying lady in the long dress. It's quite incredible to think that Bodman Jail actually existed and was taking prisoners at roughly around the same time that Australia was being discovered and was sending out convicts here. That, that putting it into that context, that sort of makes you go, yeah. blows your mind. Yeah. We do have many connections with a lot of the old jails in England many of the prisoners that were kept in those cells eventually came out to Australia to finish off their time and we went to several of the jails over some of the times that I was lucky enough to travel over there. Hang on, have you been to Bodmin Jail? I've been to Bodmin Jail. You cow. (laughs) I hate you. One of my first trips. Without me. Oh, yeah. B-A, before Anne. Before Anne, that's right. (laughs) I went to Bodmin Jail and at that stage there was a beautiful gentleman there called Mark who was uh, conducting the ghost tours and he took me and my other travel buddy, Gail. Hi, Gail. You've got to stop mentioning that name. I just get jealous now every time I hear it. On a private tour around the place, which we did not expect at all. We were so thankful for his time uh, there. But, yes, I did get to explore Bodmin Jail. And I do have some of those photos which I will put up on our True Hauntings Facebook page for those that uh, want to check them out. Yes, Mind I'll, you. I'll be checking them out and scratching out Gail's eyes. <laughs> Mind you, they are from quite a few years ago. And I will mention later on that the jail has now been refurbished at a cost of f- £50 million. Ooh. And there is a hotel there. <gasps> Can we stay? Yes. Next time we go? Absolutely. Because oh the jail God. itself. Renata's just shown me a photo of her from that time. Oh, dear, I've aged you, haven't I? Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, I actually have. Is that photo from gray like 30 hair now? years ago? No, it's not. <laughs> Only a few years. You oh see what you have done to me? Oh, God, what have I done? <laughs> uh, but let's get on to some of sorry, the background of, of Bodman Jail here. So Bodman Jail 
actually lies on the edge of Bodmin Moor in Cornwall. And Cornwall itself has so many magical places that, you know, you can spend a month there and there will always be something new to see every day. Oh, is that where Boss Castle is? The Yes. Oh, with the Witches Museum. Yes. Oh, I'm wearing that T-shirt today. Yes. And it was originally built during the reign of King George III in 1779 as part of a groundbreaking prison reform and it was built by a military engineer because, of course, he knew best and his name was John Call or Sir John Call. So the building started in the early 1770s and it used the local granite, 20,000 tonnes of it actually, and stone from the adjacent, you'll love this, Cuckoo Quarry. Oh. <laughs> mm-hmm. Perfect. I'll bet there was cuckoos there. Yeah. Surprise. So the resulting building was an absolute milestone when it came to prison design and it was based on ideas and plans from a prison reformer at the time called John Howard. So it was one of the first modern prisons in the United Kingdom. Let's go back 1717. It was a modern prison where they actually decided that what they would use were single cells to hold inmates rather than huge communal cells. Well, that would have been a huge reform. Mm. The other thing was that they actually segregated males and females. You mean so, they weren't segregated? No. <gasps> no. Oh, 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 I could feel the babies oh, coming on everywhere. Gosh, yes. Oh, no. They also added hot water, light, and areas for prisoners to live and work. Hot water? Hot water. That's a luxury. I know. I don't know how many of them ever saw hot water, honestly, (laughs) because some of the prisons still had prisoners in there that were quite wealthy. And the more money you had, the more conveniences you were allowed. So I I don't think from the normal or poverty-stricken person in jail, they would have seen any of that. a bit of greasing of the palm there, Mm -hmm. a bit of slipping of the pickle. Oh, hang on. No, I think that's something (laughs) different. Although... (laughs) That could have got on to you. I think I broke Renata early. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we bought a book over at Norfolk Island that was prisoner slang, and I dare say most of that actually comes from the prisons we're talking about. Like I'm, sure jail. I'm sure I didn't just make that up. <laughs> I think there is a series of words that you can use to describe a certain Action? <laughs> Let's just keep moving forward, shall we? Leave the pickles alone. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. We haven't got far at all. Prisoners are also paid for their work from products sold by the governor. Now, that is, like, huge. Oh, they were were actually allowed to make money. Yeah. That sort of still happens today. Yeah. Prisoner numbers at Bodmin Jail were relatively low for the first 20 years, but by about 1820 all the cells were filled and many of them had multiple occupants. And if you go into any of the older jails in Australia, um, you will see the size of the confinement areas that were assigned to these convicts. It's not huge. So to have 10 people, which there were at some stages in some of these areas, was claustrophobic to say the least. Now, remember also sanitary conditions were a bucket in the corner and that was used by all the prisoners and would stay there until it was taken out. So 24 hours the bucket would stay. And they normally had a bucket of water and a bucket of... Poo. Poo and 
God help you if you've got the wrong bucket. Right, yes. So overcrowding caused the jail to be extended several times, so more buildings went up around the 1850s. Now, changes were also needed due to several Acts of Parliament stating total segregation of remand prisoners. Now, they also had a period of time where they used the silent system as well, where no prisoners were allowed to speak, talk or look at each other. Now, between 1856 and 1861, now under the reign of Queen Victoria at that time, a completely new prison was built on the site and the original buildings were removed. Oh, So the new 220-cell total isolation prison had separate wings for men and women. They had a chapel, a debtor's jail, and what was built to exacting standards, which was laid out by, again, reformers. So reformers had come in and say, this is no good, we can't have it this way, we need to build it differently. So as the needs and interests of society as a whole changed, the prison's inmate population shifted over many years. It was used largely as a debtor's prison for many years. So just people who owed money. Yep. And we have... um, Oh, jeez, how many of us today would be in there? (laughs) We have a wing at Maitland Jail that was turned into a debtor's prison. Oh, that was Sea Wing, And that's Sea Wing, yeah. yeah, which was originally female. Yeah, and that's where the insane cells were as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1869, it all changed when imprisonment for debt was abolished. Obviously, in Australia, that took a little bit longer because they, <laughs> they were still putting people in jail to pay their debts into the middle of the 1900s. Oh, I suppose we're all convicts and criminals. They're just making sure that, yeah, we got the, the message. Mm-hmm. Now, in 1887, parts of the jail were used by the Royal Navy and they were there until about 1922. The female prison closed in 1911 and the remaining inmates were transferred to Plymouth. So the number of male prisoners declined with the outbreak of World War I. I'd say they just sent them out to war. Yep. Yep. went, off you go. And the last male prisoner left Bodman Jail in July 1916. So the jail was finally closed and officially decommissioned in 1927 and in 1929 saw its break up and sale to the demolition men. Oh, no. My goodness. So with 55 executions and hundreds of prisoners within the walls during the time that it was a prison for crimes ranging from stealing to rape and murder. It's safe to say that there is a lot of darkness within its historical walls. Oh, now do they mean metaphorical darkness or Mm. actual no-light darkness? I'd say both (gasps) from the pictures that we've seen and from what I saw while I was there. The hanging pit is quite interesting which is outside of the cell area. So they didn't have hangings occur within the wings at all. They had a pit. So they dug a hole in the ground. They dug a hole so that the prisoner upon hanging would drop into that hole. So they just walked out on flat ground to the platform. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit different. It's still there. It's still there. We actually saw it and there are some interesting stories about that hanging pit there. It's like old Dubbo Jail. They've still got the scaffold, though. Mm. You had to climb the steps. But they've taken the steps off because people kept climbing up there Mm -hmm. and it was an OH&S issue. Mm -hmm. The first two inmates to be taken to the gallows of Bodmin Jail were William Lee and John Vanstone, both convicted of burglary. 
and in July 1909, the final hanging at the jail took place with William Hampton, who was executed for taking the life of his 17-year-old girlfriend after an argument. Oh, dear. So he was the last man hanged in Cornwall. Hanged or hung? Hanged. Hanged. And then you're well hung. (laughs) Right. It's going there, to go well with our new sponsor. Yeah. That's all I can say. There, there, there is a huge board there at the jail and you can actually read the names of the 55 people that were executed mm. and what they were executed for. And some of the things that they were executed for are so paltry and ridiculous that it's just crazy yeah. that that would have happened at that stage. Now, The thing about this is that this jail really was something that I guess would have been much of an eyesore in Bodmin and what do you do with a place like that? And they had for a number of years hired some of the area out for particular functions and they had uh, ghost tours there and... Again, it was just this continual problem. How do you throw money at this thing because it is a money pit? Yeah. Now, it has been completely refurbished and at the cost of £50 million. So I'm looking at $100 million Aussie dollars. Mm-hmm. The Russians have purchased oh, it. Oh, the Russians. The Russians oh, have purchased it. there's vodka involved. And it is now a luxury boutique hotel. How clever is that? I know, right? The four-star hotel has been transformed from a former jailhouse by Molino Development Limited. Now, this comes from a UK newspaper. Twelve architects and master planners, a London-based firm, are behind the design of the hotel, while main contractor Seafield Construction and Engineers turned the design into reality. Now, it features 70 bedrooms created by combining three cells with many retaining original features such as stone walls and jail cell doors. Now, if you go to the Bodman Jail Hotel webpage, you'll actually see the designs and it's astounding. It looks beautiful. But what an awesome place for ghost hunters. You just go in. to stay the night. <laughs> and book you just room. book a room. And you're in what used to be three cells. You don't even have to go anywhere. You just have to stay in your room. Hey, sweetie, what do you think of our new car from Carvana? Think it can handle our busy family? Well, we have seven days to see. First, we can take the scenic route to the beach and stargaze through the moonroof. We'll see if your drums fit in the trunk. Then we can pick up mommy's friends and check out that leg room. And we should really visit grandma. She's getting up there. That's like a whole lifetime in seven days. And like one busy family. With our seven-day money-back guarantee, you can confidently shop for cars 100% online. Visit Carvana.com for all terms and conditions. We'll drive you happy at Carvana. And that's a sleepover. So the amenities include a restaurant, a bistro, an alfresco dining area, and a cocktail and gin bar, as you do, as well as an event space for about 300 people. So the redevelopment created around... 144 jobs, which I'm sure the residents of Bodmin would have clapped and cheered for, and 1,800 jobs in the supply chain across Cornwall. So this particular 
you know, job and refurbishment did give people a lot of, of money. I'm just looking up the prices while you're talking yeah, so to the see CEO, how much they are the, and we may need to be saving for a little bit okay. longer. <laughs> so the CEO of the Bodmin Jail Hotel says that the opening of the Bodmin Jail Hotel is a proud moment for Cornwall tourism and is also about celebrating Cornwall's history. Over 90% of the former jail is now within the hotel and its grounds. This is luxury accommodation. It's luxury, I told you. in a truly unique venue. This is nowhere else. There is nowhere else quite like it. And look, 90% of the jail. So I think what they have from an aerial photo that I saw is one of the wings that when I was there was literally a shell that still remains open for the public to look at what it was like. Oh, nice. But 90% yeah. is now new accommodation. And it actually says where I read somewhere that it's pet friendly. Oh, can I take my puppies over to England to have a night there? And it's, mind you, $500 a night. What? For two people. 500 Is that... Amer- Australian. It's Australian. I've just looked it up on booking.com oh. and it is, that's midweek. So I, I can't imagine what it would be. And by looks that we'd have to even share a bed. My uh. goodness. <laughs> oh, okay. They, We're going to be saving our shekels so we can stay there. They better be serving gin to the room. That's all I can say. <laughs> on a gold platter. <laughs> and it is. It's one bed. Yep. Wow. But it does say breakfast is included. Oh, thank goodness for that. <laughs> thank goodness for that. Okay, well, yeah, that's going to have to be on the big wish list. Yeah, yeah. when okay. we became famous yeah. well, and they'll let us we'll, stay there. We'll need another vision board for that one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, here, here we go. Bedrooms uh, have been created using three of the former combined cells with lavish ensuite bathrooms. Options include classic rooms, family rooms, the governor's bedrooms, which have access to the private executive lounge. <gasps> Ooh, the How lounge. much does that cost? Oh, I don't know. I'd have to look that one up. Uh, And it says, take your dog along too. They offer dog-friendly getaways with pets being given beds and treats as well as breakfast. I would buy a dog just to take it. (laughs) (laughs) Go to the pound, get one out for the night and take it for a little bit of a treat. I couldn't do that. They'd have to go back to the pound. I couldn't do that. But anyway, let's get on with some of the ghost stories because I think that's going to be fascinating. And look, people who have been, I was reading the reviews to see what people think of the latest renovations and many of them, I mean, they love the luxury, but they're saying that it's it's lost a lot of the grittiness. Now, that would be the ghost hunters because we do like a derelict place that hasn't been prettied up. True. But for an, a little bit of nicety, it would be nice to have a luxurious bathroom. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. It's not a shit bathroom. We've been known to climb through holes in walls in places like that. I and- think I've got a photo of your butt sticking out of a <laughs> hole somewhere in England. Yes. And they just, when they were doing renovations and they discovered there was all these old jail cells yes. and there's they knocked a hole through the wall you could climb through and that was Creepy. Yes. Which Except one was Shepperton? Shepperton Mallet? No, no, Shepperton Mallet. Yeah. Yeah. And some ass had gotten in there, I don't know how long beforehand. Do you remember me screaming in there? Because you could see from one end of the cells, and they were tiny, they were probably isolation cells or dark cells, and I had a bit of a light in there to see what was happening. And you could see through to another cell, but some ass put a skeleton hand... <laughs> In there, 
Oh, and when you threw the light on it, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Just for that split second, you've gone, huh, what? <laughs> After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are just $15 a month, when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't a catch. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores, passing those sweet, sweet savings directly to you, my darklings. It has been such a good change for me. I've saved so much money in switching over to Mint Mobile with all of my family and so many people bleeding me dry. I was so happy to find some relief, and Mint Mobile has been that relief valve. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. So say bye-bye to overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills, and unexpected overages, and say hello to relief. Thank you, Mint Mobile, to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month. Go to mintmobile.com slash p60. That's mintmobile.com slash p60. Cut your wireless bills to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash p60. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. All right, let's get on to the ghosties. Now, our soundscape today was a combination of two lots of things, but the very wordy part of it came from JackieFreemanPhotography.com and she had an amazing article and she likes to use words. I can tell she's had her thesaurus out. She's a wordsmith. And she's, well, I think there might be too many words actually. Was Who was it that said to Mozart he had too many notes? <laughs> I'm a simple soul. Anyway, so the story about Selena, right, and how she had murdered her child. Mm-hmm. Apparently there was quite a kerfuffle. A over, kerfuffle? Oh, there was a kerfuffle over the fact that there was no leniency showed to poor old Selena. The evidence was very weak, and one of the strongest facts that they built the case on was the testimony of her four-year-old son. <laughs> Let me read this to you. The utterly stupid and quite unsupportable stories which she told in her defence and which came out in damning evidence against her is this one thing. One witness citing in an interview that Selena Wadge's four-year-old son had spoken out against his mother when she was telling the witness that her boy had died of a throat infection aggravated by an abscess and that he had been buried in the churchyard. And the little lad chirped up and said, no, it is in a pit, mother. Now, if you think of a four-year-old's conception of a grave, Mm -hmm. it would be a pit. They Mm -hmm. wouldn't understand the the concept that, you know, that. So that's that's how she... um, she got done. Hmm. I wonder what happened to the four-year-old. Well, this is, you know, what happens to them? Does the family take them on? I don't think or the do boyfriend they, yeah. would. Do they become other. destitute and yeah, they end up shoved up a on- chimney or whatever <laughs> as they did? Do you mean working as a chimney sweep or, or yeah. shoved up a chimney? We're just going to shove you up this chimney, little Jimmy, and you can just stay there now. Oh, but <laughs> they did. 
that type of thing. But there was because four year olds were the only size of human that would fit up those chimneys to clean them. Mm. Uh, but look, nobody wanted to go against the judge and say you know, you've done the wrong thing. But there were some people who were a little outspoken and said, I do feel that this was a little harsh, but we will not go against the right Royal Reverend John Bob, whoever he was. Mm. But he said, Selena Wadge, I've got that last name. (laughs) (laughs) It's doing me in. Oh, darling. All right. You have been found guilty upon evidence which is impossible to resist of throwing the body of your child two years old down a well. This could have been done with only one intention. So he has said to thrown the body which means the child was already dead. Yes. So he's contradicting himself. But anyway, the thing that happens is poor old Selena, she is seen wandering the jail and she's wailing and crying and the little ones quite often will see her and say that who's the lady that's crying over there and, of course, there's no one there. Mm -hmm. But there's also pregnant women who become very emotional on the third and fourth floor because they think they're tapping into the anguish of the mother. Yes, yes. That will happen also at the jail when we go into Sea Wing. Some of the ladies that come in, yeah, Mm. will feel extra pain or extra emotional anguish. Yeah, you could say that. Okay. She's she's staring (laughs) off into the distance like she's possessed. And I was just like, what are you doing? I'm looking for words. words I'm looking for words in my mind palace. (laughs) She's lost in the corridors of her mind palace. (laughs) Door is shut. Yes, sorry. (laughs) Let me get on with my ghost stories. All right, because there's some famous ghost stories associated with these ones, and I always like to cover them. So one of them is the ghost of Matthew Weeks. Now, he was a killer from Bodmin Moor and is regularly seen manifesting within the walls and the confines of Bodmin Jail. He was executed in 1844 for the alleged murder of Charlotte Diamond, spelt with a D-Y, near Bodmin's Moor, Rough Tor, near Camelford. Now, this poor fellow is said to wander aimlessly through the darkened hallways, having been hanged on the drop gallows erected outside the walls of the great prison for murder. Now, there's a little bit of a backstory to poor old Matthew. Apparently, this young Charlotte, he, he was a little bit enamoured with her, and they were good mates. Now, he was disfigured in some way. Mm -hmm. So in those days, he wouldn't have been considered a catch. But I think Charlotte had a soft spot for him. And they were just great mates. So on the day she disappeared, they... Oh, sorry, I've also forgot to mention that leading up into all of this, another gent came onto the scene who was quite handsome and had money and took a shine to Charlotte. Oh. Mm, And poor old Matthew didn't like that. No. 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 All right, so on the day that she disappeared, Matthew and Charlotte, dressed in their Sunday best, walked to church. Mm-hmm. Now, Charlotte had said that she had another errand to do, so she was going to walk home by herself and Matthew would come home on his own. So that was what Charlotte told them. Mm-hmm. Charlotte never returned home. Matthew did. Matthew went to bed and they were all waiting for to Charlotte to come home. So she didn't arrive back home. So the, the search began for Charlotte. In the meantime, Matthew left the farm and moved over 
to the rest of his family, which was cross-country, but nobody had known where he'd gone. He just disappeared. Now, that would immediately make you think this boy is obviously hiding something. Mm-hmm. Or yes. was he heartbroken? Maybe Charlotte had told him that she liked this fellow and he actually left because he was heartbroken, not knowing that Charlotte had died. We don't know. So he was arrested, brought back to be put on trial. Now, get this. Before the trial, before... Mm-hmm. There was a marker that was erected where Charlotte's body was found. Now, she was found brutally murdered with her throat slashed twice. Oh, he wouldn't have done that. Mm, no, they her. said that that would not have been his personality at all. So the, the monument said, This monument is erected by the public subscription in memory of Charlotte Diamond, who was murdered here by Matthew Weeks on Sunday, April 14, 1844. So the town had already decided he was guilty. Mm-hmm before the trial Mm -hmm. and had erected a monument Mm -hmm. saying he was the murderer. Yep. Oh. So perhaps this is why the terrified and frustrated ghost of Matthew Weeks now roams the grey granite corridors, still lost in time and still searching desperately for an answer to who actually murdered Charlotte. Mm. Fancy going to the gallows for that murder and you hadn't committed it. And he he kept saying he he didn't kill her. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm. So we've got the ghost of Selena. We've got the ghost of poor old Matthew. We've also got ghost warden George. Oh, okay. Tell us about him. Oh, it's another top-ranking ghost. So apparently they are seen quite often. They've nicknamed him George. I don't know whether his name was picked up psychically Mm -hmm. or by a medium, but... They sort of go through trying to work out who George may be, but he wanders the the hallways, manifests himself down in the the stairs, the cold, dark stairway. But they think that he may have died suddenly from a heart attack whilst on duty at the prison, and he now keeps a ghostly, ever-watchful eye on what he considers to be his jail. Now, they did go back through the records and try to get some sort of connection to work out who this George was, and they think... It's George Harrison. No, not one of the Beatles. All right. <laughs> I can see the brain going, I know that name. Why do I know that name? Oh, dear. So George was a warder who worked at the jail in the Victorian decade between 1851 and 1861, and he did die young at the age of 50. Now, in those days, 50 wasn't young. 50 was was getting to a ripe old age. Yes, it was. In the the mid-1800s. So records have that he became quite suddenly ill and died. But how or where he died, nobody actually knows. So he was the closest fit. Mm -hmm. So it sounds to me like they've taken some facts that some psychic or medium have have given them and then tried to create a history around it, which is what quite often happens. Yeah. Now, we've, we've got some more. Okay. We've got William and James Lightfoot. I bet they were fabulous dancers. <laughs> so there was a lovely gent called Neville Norway. Neville. Neville, who was a timber merchant near to Bodmin. And on the 8th of February, 1840, he was brutally robbed and murdered by William and James, the brothers Lightfoot. So he was on his way to market that day and had a considerable sum of money about his person. And it's believed that the boys followed him to an isolated spot on Bodenham to Wade Bridge Road. And 
ambushed him, bludgeoned him to death and robbed him. Mm. Little bad boys. They were later arrested and convicted of the crime and publicly hanged at Bodmin Jail. So their ghostly apparitions are cited there and they, people say that might be earthbound spirits of the Lightfoot brothers. But this is the part I found interesting. It wasn't actually the ghosts. It was a premonition. Oh. Mm. Tell us more. Oh, I'm so excited to tell you more. Captain Edmund Norway, who was Neville's brother, was the master of the merchant ship Orient en route from Manila to Cadiz, Cadiz at the time of his death. So on the 8th of February, 1840, the day of Neville Norway's murder, the ship was positioned some several miles off the island of St. Helena in the South Atlantic Ocean, where Captain Norway suddenly woke up having retired early about 8pm in readiness for a a 4am watch. He woke with a dreadful start, having suffered a terrifying nightmare. (gasps) He was in a distressed state when he took took over his watch and he confided to his second officer, Mr. Wren. I had a dreadful dream. I dreamt that my brother Neville was murdered by two men on the road from Bodmin to Weybridge. One fired a pistol twice, but I heard no report. He then knocked my brother from his horse, struck him several blows about the head, then ran away and left him. That's quite amazing, actually. Mm to have such a, a premonition in a dream. In the middle of the ocean. Yeah. So apparently second officer Wren advised him to log it and mm-hmm. said, yeah, put, write this down. He said, don't worry about it. You West Country people are too superstitious. Mm-hmm. So he was sort of, yeah, don't worry about it. So the day after he had the dream and he'd finished what she went and wrote it and put it in the captain's log as 9th of February, 1840. Now, it wasn't for another two months he found out about his brother's death. Oh, that's sad. Two months because they're on the ocean. There's yes. there's no wireless or telegraph or telephones. There's only pigeons. Mm-hmm. So what they're saying is, was the ship's log written up and fabricated after his arrival back in the UK? Was it for self-gratification? Who knows? But, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I can't imagine that they'd fake that. And yeah. surely if they've been on the sea for two months and it was written in the log, then that that would have been a lot more things that have been added to that log. It would have been hard to... to insert it. Yeah. Mm. Now, I've got another story, one more story. Mm -hmm. Now, this I just found this morning before we were going to record, and I've thrown it in the last minute. And this is from cornwalllive.com, where they have a video of a ghost... So there was a man called Tony Ferguson and his wife who went to Cornwall Jail. And this is not that long ago. And I watched the video and at first I saw this little white orby looking thing just go from one door to the other. I rolled my eyes as I normally do. And now let me take a closer look. I've, I've got to be open because this is one of the problems we face sometimes as paranormal investigators is we see something and we just dismiss mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. So we, we have to look at it mm-hmm. with an open mind. You, so You don't want to be a closed-minded sceptic. Yeah, yeah, and then you become a cynic almost. All right, so I I blew it up so it was the full screen and then I looked again and here comes this little white thing. But what was underneath it and behind it was a full 
shadow figure of a person oh. walking across a doorway. And it's lit enough that you can see it's not a person, it is just a shadow shape. Now, whether this little white orb thing was enough to cast that sort of shadow at the angle the IR light was at, mm-hmm. I doubt it. Mm-hmm. It looks really interesting. I've I've got the link and you have to remind me to put it up mm-hmm. when this goes to air so that you can have a look for yourselves. Mm, that would be awesome. So according to this, I don't know where they get their information from. How do they work out that, oh, this was the ghost of the man who was the, the last one executed at the jail? Mm-hmm. So they've looked at this shadow and said, oh, that's the last man executed here. That's William Hampton, which you mentioned earlier. So the story of him is he strangled his girlfriend, Emily, who was 16. Yeah, mine said Um, 17, but never mind. That's okay. They got engaged in 1908, but a few months later, after Emily is thought to have said she would not stay with William anymore, he killed her in her family house. The murderer gave himself up to the police after running away from the scene, and he was executed on the 20th of July 1909 and became Cornwell's last person to be hung or hanged. So, yeah, that's... He just said that he can communicate with the other side, Miss Tony Ferguson, mm-hmm. and claimed that's who it was. Now, Renata, you you were at Bodmin Jail. Yes. So what are your feelings on Bodmin Jail? I went during the day, and as you know, during the day gives you a completely different look at a space than in the evening when you're already prepped to be, you know, all all your spidey senses are out. And so I, I kind of walked in and I really wanted to concentrate on the history because Mark was giving so much of his time to us. We were really interested about all the stories and everything that he had. But there was one particular spot that I really did feel I saw something. And it was, yes, outside and we were walking from one wing to another. So it was completely external from all buildings. And as I walked past these two buildings, there's sort of a little long corridor in between, something just caught my eye and I felt that though, as though someone was walking on the other side. And I walked past, it caught my eye, I kept walking. And then, you know how you kind of stop a second or two after you saw what you think you saw. And so I retracted my steps and, and looked again and there was nothing there. And I asked Mark, I said, is, is there anyone else walking around here at the moment? And he said, no, it's only us. Ooh. So I said, I, I think I saw a man. You had a sighting. Mm. So that was that was interesting. And now, it, it really felt, it felt really unusual. Now, you also tell me you have some fun facts. Yes. Oh. So Bodman was the only Cornish town to be recorded in the Doomsday Book in 1086. <gasps> the Doomsday Book. So the Doomsday Book was actually hidden in Bodmin Jail during World War I, along with the ring, <gasps> a ring. <laughs> and the crown jewels. Or, oh, Soren's crown jewels or just the well, ring? Or I, I the- don't know. <laughs> what ring are they talking about? Well, I'm just worried about the crown jewels now. But it's just, yeah, really interesting. I read this and I went, oh, I've got to say that. It's so the Doomsday Book was hidden along with the ring <laughs> and, and the, the crown, crown jewels. jewels. Now, there is also a beast of Bodmin, which is a black panther cat, and it's Bodmin's answer to the Loch Ness Monster. Oh. Because of the They've moors. got a skull there too, don't they? 
There is a skull in the jail. I, I will find a picture and put it up. Okay. Now, the name Bodmin comes from the Cornish Bodmonay, which means home of monks. Jeez, those monks got around. Jeez, they get around. They're everywhere. <laughs> and this refers to the religious settlement founded in Bodmin in 540 AD. And the Bodmin and Wenford Railway was the first steam-driven railway in Cornwall and one of the earliest in the world. It was also one of the first passenger trains in Britain. Amazing. Thank you. That great fun fact. <laughs> oh, I'm uh, laughing my head off over well, here. No, look, I just I really wanted to share that Bodman oh, had the you. ring. Bod- and the so, so and the cringe. <laughs> <laughs> so much earlier than oh. the movie. See, the mo- movies are based on facts. That's it. That's, that's it. It was yep. Bodman Jail, the it, whole it ring was, series. Yep. Tolkien, you stole it. <laughs> that's right. If, <laughs> if we go out to Bodman at night, you'll see that I thing that, like, lights up in the sky? Sure. <laughs> let's, All right, let's so let, let's, let's, let's have a determination. Is Bodman Jail haunted? Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Not after the guts have been ripped out of it and it's now a luxury accommodation. I don't know whether those ghosties are still there. I think it would take a lot of effort and really you would have to be there at the right place at the right time at the right moment to have an experience. There's a part of my heart that really hurts because the Bodmin Jail has been now, you know. Prettied up. Prettied up and made fancy. It it hurts and I wish we all had enough money to be able to support these historical buildings, but I completely understand why yeah. it's been done. These, completely and totally. Yeah, they cost so much money to maintain and let's face it, after what's happened with the virus that ravaged the world, the government can't afford to put money into historical locations. They look after the people. That's true. (sighs) I'd like to think that there is a a sense of foreboding Mm. and that some lucky people will still have experiences when they go there. Well, I'm going to make a determination when I go visit it myself. Sometimes these sort of experiences stain the walls and they will be there for an eternity. Mm -hmm. And if the tour guides keep telling these stories, then it keeps that energy alive. So I'm going to say that I reckon it could still be haunted. Awesome. But thank you for joining us on this week's episode. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of True Hauntings. If you have, we would so appreciate you popping over onto iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. And make sure you've subscribed to our podcast and share it around with your friends. This helps us bring more content and allows us to reach more awesome people like yourselves. You can also leave a review on our Facebook page, True Hauntings, and join us in our community community on the Anne and Renata Dash Frightfully Good Facebook page, Instagram, TikTok, yes, we're there, and YouTube. In the meantime, see you on the dark side. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.annandrenata.com.